0: Welcome back to the Jake Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Jake Brainy, on this very rainy Monday afternoon. It is Monday, March 23rd, day uh I don't know, of the quarantine. Not really sure when the official count started. I know everyone's going through a little bit of sports withdrawal and probably some cabin fever and not to mention just being sick in general. Um you know it's a scary time out there, but I do want to have some fun, and I have a great uh, podcast for you guys. This one's very special for me. I brought it a little bit early because I'm, uh, you know, feeling it too. I-, I also, you know, want to, you know, have some fun and talk sports. And this is my going to be my draft podcast. Uh, I have a very fun idea because I know a lot of people are having bracket withdrawal right now. I've decided, and with the help of my good friend Joe Rapola, who designed this bracket for me, to make a bracket of the 64 draft prospects as if they were the NCAA basketball tournament, uh, with some really fun matchups that, you know, uh, whether it's positionally makes sense or just, you know, through rivalries or on the same team, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I went through a lot of different matchups to create four different you know, 16-team brackets, and uh, I think you're going to love it. So, without further ado, welcome to the Jake Podcast 2020 NFL Draft Bracket Madness. Joe Burrow now with his first opportunity. Chase Young there on the play. Chase Young gained 20 pounds during the offseason. How can he gain? I think if all to to pick up for it, fires to the end zone, touchdown, Alabama wins! Oh, a trouble and down he goes, sacked by Isaiah Simmons at the 35-yard line. Welcome back to the Jake Podcast. I am your host, Jake Brainy, and we have a very special edition of the podcast. This is Selection Sunday of the Jake 2020 NFL Draft Bracket Challenge. I am your host, Jake the Host. With me, as always, is Jake the Skeptic and Jake the Optimist. We have a very exciting episode for you as we go into the 64 players that make up this year's Draft Bracket Challenge. Also, live, we will release the Draft Bracket as well for you to fill out and let us know what you think. What you think would play out and which prospect would you want on your NFL team. Now, first, we must dive right in to the draft last tournament the tight end tournament what got us here there was only one spot for a tight end this year in the top 64 so let's dive right into the tight end tournament we had the first big upset of this draft bracket season the number one seed in the tight end region hunter bryant out of washington fell to harrison bryant his namesake out of florida atlantic the eighth seed Uh, What Bryant Hunter didn't show at the NFL Draft Combine really came to bite him in the ass because Harrison Bryant shows a lot of receiving skills and something that the NFL is really developing right now and and Hunter Bryant's numbers just were lacking a lot and he left the door wide open. Facing him in the second round will be Adam Troutman out of Dayton, who just beat out Josiah DeGuara out of Cincinnati. Uh, lots to like out of da- uh, Troutman's game out of Dayton. Dayton Troutman, uh, kind of a bigger, stockier tight end, but you love his game. It's a little old school, and uh, there's still room in the NFL for a guy like Troutman. The three-seed Cole Komet beat Thad Moss out of LSU. Moss uh he's a little banged up right now. Haven't seen the athletic profile that a lot of people are hoping for. So Cole Komet was able to take that out considering Notre Dame's uh just situation that they always have a good tight end and that they do pretty well in the NFL. So Comet moves on pretty easily there. And then Bryson Hopkins beats Albert O out of Missouri. Albert O, very nice prospect, but right now. He's still just that, just a prospect, so doesn't show up in the tight end tournament. And then in the finals, Adam Troutman, or just to get to the finals, Adam Troutman beats Harrison Bryant. Uh, again, that old school style. You see a lot of Kyle Rudolph in his game. He takes down Harrison Bryant, the eighth seed, and Cole Komet in a great, great battle with Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue. Comet wins Showing that he has more receiving ability than given original originally credit for. Has pretty good blocking skills. Kind of seems like an all-around tight end that could go in the second round. And commit rolls in the finals to make it to our actual bracket challenge. So, Cole Kmet, the number one tight end coming out of this 2020 college football season. Really excited to see him in the actual tournament coming up. Alright, so... With the only tight end spot uh, already decided upon, there were a couple play-in games we had to see as well. So, in the in the first play-in game, we had a couple 16 seeds square off. It was quarterback Jake Fromm versus quarterback Jake Eason. This matchup does go back a while, doesn't it? With Fromm and Easton squaring off at Georgia, and those days... Seemed to uh, not be far behind them because those guys showed that there was no love lost. And Fromm took down Eason in the tournament just like he did in the regular season as well. Eason later uh, transferred to Washington. Whereas Fromm chased Justin Fields out of town as well. That winner's mentality is really what gets him going there. And uh, he will then play Number one overall seed, Joe Burrow, out of LSU in the opening round. A lot of fun to be had there. The other play-in game, Matt Pert, tackle out of UConn. He was squaring up against Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State. And boy, did Ezra Cleveland come on strong late in this draft process. Uh, Showing up at the draft combine, Ezra Cleveland looks like a real NFL tackle. Can flip to the left or the right side. Those athletic numbers really want to see that translate to the NFL field, but Pert, still a prospect at this point, has a lot of length to him, a lot of strength, and seems to be good for that zone gapping, but Ezra Cleveland kind of seems like an all-around good offensive tackle, and he moves on to the actual dance. Now also going on, we have a D-back matchup in this one. Uh, We head over to... The Isaiah Simmons Workout Warrior region where Cameron Dantzler, yes, Cameron Dantzler out of Mississippi State was taking on, excuse me, was taking on Jeremy Chin safety out of Southern Illinois for a 13 seed. This matchup came down to what was versatility. Chin just shows he's able to play the safety, the linebacker position, whatever you're really going for in today's NFL And I think that really played a big part in uh, getting over to, you know, getting into the actual dance. Uh, Jake the Skeptic, do you have any words to say on Cameron Dantzler? You know, I don't have much to say. I think uh, Dantzler just didn't have the physical profile that Chin had. Jake the Optimist, what is your thoughts? You know, I really like Dantzler. I think he uh, shut down a lot of really good SEC wide receivers. And I think someone's going to get a steal out of the third round for him. But Second round, not going to happen. He's not making the top 64. Okay, thank you, Jakes. All right, so the last 16 matchup, we had the interior offensive line matchup. That one was between Caesar Ruiz out of Michigan and Lloyd Cushenberry out of LSU. Now, Cushenberry shows a lot of uh, NFL skills and promise. He seems to be that phone booth style of guard, but Caesar Ruiz... Uh, has a lot of versatility that people are really excited for so he's gonna make it as a 14 seed facing Mackay Becton out of Louisville also in that Isaiah Simmons uh, region so those are the play-in matchups there were some really good ones Easton and Fromm with that rivalry and uh, a lot to be excited about going forward now We'll just get started by going right into the top overall bracket. This is the pro-style region. And uh, the number one overall seed, Joe Burrow, quarterback out of LSU. He will take on Jake Fromm, quarterback out of UGA. In this matchup, we're really not expecting much of a close one because... Burrow really has everything you're looking for in the pro-style NFL quarterback. And while Fromm does have a great winner's mentality, it's not exactly number one pick material. So Burrow moves on to the second round fairly easily. In that 8-9 matchup, another quarterback matchup. Justin Herbert out of Oregon versus Jordan Love out of Utah State. Again, Love He has a lot of things that get you really going. Uh, There are some mini Mahomes comparisons out of him, but at the end of the day, Justin Herbert, he was the one that people were craving last year. The suck for the duck movement, that's what everyone was excited for, and that's going to carry over into this year. I still see him making a play on a top three pick. He can possibly dethrone Joe Burrow in the second round after he takes down Jordan Love in the first. a lot to love about love, but not in this matchup. Okay, moving over to the five versus the 12 matchup. AJ. Terrell corner out of Clemson is the five seed, taking on John Donovan people Jones out of uh, Michigan, the wide receiver, uh, the 12 seed. We have our first. Big upset of the tournament that is right Donovan Peoples-Jones takes down AJ Terrell the corner out of Clemson where a lot of people see AJ Terrell he's a good corner uh there's nothing that really s- makes him stand out as a first round prospect and might have been seated a little bit higher than he should have been Donovan Peoples-Jones however is He had so much bad quarterback play at Michigan that it's really hard to blame him for, uh, you know, why his numbers aren't better. And his NFL profile really stacks up. He can be a possible number one receiver for somebody, and that does take down a cornerback with, you know, questions. So, Donovan Peoples-Jones takes down A.J. Terrell in the first round as our first big upset. Now... Moving over to the next matchup, we have Justin Jefferson, wide receiver out of LSU as the four seed, taking on the 13 seed, Jalen Hurts, quarterback out of Alabama or Oklahoma, however you like to look at it. And again, a shocker, a big upset. Jalen Hurts takes down Justin Jefferson. Jefferson has all the tools you want to see as a wide receiver going to the NFL. A lot of people thought he wasn't going to have the speed to take on uh, you know, being a number one NFL wide receiver, but he really does. He has great hands. There's nothing wrong with him there, but Jalen Hurts, he is just a a, a enigma to try and figure out. Uh, wh- where he lacks in some of his accuracy, his mobility does make up for his championship pedigree, and to think of him going in the late first round to a team like maybe the Steelers that trade back up into the ones, maybe the New England Patriots make a move from Tom Brady to Jalen Hurts. It is really hard to pass on Jalen Hurts, so he is the benefit of, a, of what could be just a team needing a quarterback, and he upsets Justin Jefferson, 13 over four, Jalen Hurts moving on to the second round. Now we have a 6-11 matchup, two safeties. Grant Delpit, the 6th seed, taking on Ashton Davis, the 11 out of Cal. Uh, A lot to like out of Ashton Davis, but him not being able to perform during the draft season does hurt him a little bit here. Grant Delpit, he had a down 2019, but a lot to like about him as a football player. He was great in 2018, and that will just get him to sneak right on by Ashton Davis. Uh, The three versus 14, Derek Brown out of Auburn, taking on Nevin Gallimore out of Oklahoma. Another D-tackle matchup. There's a lot to like about Gallimore. Uh, He can definitely be a plug-and-play starter on the defensive tackle uh, spot right away. However, uh, Derek Brown just is really one of these elite NFL prospects. He shows sideline-to-sideline ability, being able to disrupt the passer as a, as basically a 3 technique, 5 technique, 1 technique, he just brings a lot of versatility along the defensive line, and that's hard to beat, so he moves on to the second round pretty easily. In the 7-10 matchup, you have defensive edge Zach Bond taking on offensive tackle Austin Jackson out of USC. Uh Bond, a lot to like about him. Uh, I really like his ability to get after the quarterback. Uh, you're interested in seeing how he does in a stand-up role, but uh his real, you know, what you're getting out of him is you're drafting a guy to get after the quarterback. Uh a little stiff in the hips at times, and I don't think he's the biggest athlete out there, but uh in terms of getting after the quarterback, he's very good at it. However, That's not enough to take down the 10-seed Austin Jackson, who does the slight upset in beating Bond. Uh, Jackson had kind of an injury-plagued year, uh, if you want to call it injury. He was recovering from bone marrow surgery, which he donated to his sister. And uh, there's a ton to like about Austin Jackson. He profiles as a left tackle in the NFL and that, my friends, you just cannot pass on. Uh, Late in the first round, I see Austin Jackson sneaking in, and uh, Zach Bond I see going uh, early second round. So Jackson moves on into the second round. And then we have the final matchup of the pro-style region. Uh, Two-seed C.D. Lamb takes on the tight end tournament champions, Cole Komet. A lot to like about Cole Komet. But not in this matchup. C.D. Lamb is just too much of a number one NFL wide receiver. He moves on easily to the second round. Okay. Going down to the Buckeye region. One seed Chase Young taking on 16 seed Julian Aquara out of Notre Dame. Uh, listen, not much to say here. Aquara is a really nice prospect, but Chase Young has those elite abilities. This guy is going to make a run in this bracket. He moves on past Aquara pretty easily. Chase Young, he profiles as a D end, as an edge, similar to Miles Garrett, the Bosa brothers, and higher than Jadavian Clowney. Uh, he might be the best defensive edge prospect to come out of the draft, of the last decade it'll be a lot of fun watching uh chase young play on sundays i don't see him getting past the detroit lions at number three with quite possibly probably going number two to the washington redskins we'll see where quarterbacks go in that region okay in the 8-9 matchup you have patrick queen linebacker ellis out of lsu and kenneth murray also a linebacker out of oklahoma a lot to like about both of these guys. Patrick Queen, though, came on really late in the championship run for LSU. However, does he benefit from just a bunch of good players being around him? Kenneth Murray was on a very bad defense, but he shows some real NFL skills. Uh, they Were they hiding some of his deficiencies in the game? We don't know. We we will find out on Sundays. Uh, I do like Murray in a slight edge over Patrick Queen. I think both of them go in that 30 to 38 range, possibly one of them slipping into day one. But Murray with the slight edge based on just the physical tools uh, and his downhill ability. I really like it. Moving over to the 5-12 matchup, you have Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina, a defensive tackle taking on Joshua Ucci and Edge out of Michigan. Another tight matchup. Uh, there's a lot to like about Uchi's game. Uh, I think he can be a situational pass rusher right away and then possibly develop into a starting defensive end. But Javon Kinlaw, he's a top 10 pick. He is a disruptor from the defensive tackle spot. There is a ton to like about Javon Kinlaw, and uh, he moves on pretty easily. In the 4-versus-13 matchup, Calavon Chasson out of LSU, another edge, takes on Marlon Davidson, defensive lineman out of Auburn, and we have a big upset. Marlon Davidson takes down Chason. Davidson's ability to play all over the defensive line, whether it's D-end, tackle, he can line up as a one spot on passing downs, maybe a three and a five here and there. Davidson's versatility really does help him out and his motor he he looks like a guy that could be a steal on day two of the draft there's a lot to like about chase but there are questions about him holding up his frame at the NFL level call it a bias against Barquebius Mingo and other defensive ends that have come out of LSU in recent years but that's how it falls in this round Davidson the 13 seed takes down chase on Moving over, we had a really, really tight running back matchup with DeAndre Swift out of UGA taking on Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Swift, the sixth seed barely edges out taylor uh it it really just came down to preference taylor there's a lot to like if you plug him into that tennessee offense he probably leads the league in rushing however swift seems like that swiss army knife that every nfl team uh covets i could see him going in the first round easily uh you could see just any team wanting to scoop him up and make him just a three down running back where he's in on passing downs he's in rushing downs and just really just the focal point of your offense uh the three seed andrew thomas out of uga taking on his O-line brother Isaiah Wilson out of UGA. A lot to like about both. Wilson is a powerful guy. Both are really big boys, but Andrew Thomas is polished a different way. He is an NFL tackle. He is a starting left tackle right now, and uh, that just doesn't grow on trees. He moves on pretty easily as a three seed. Okay, moving over to the seven versus ten. A couple Buckeyes. J.K. Dobbins, running back taking on Damon Arnett, corner out of Ohio State. And this one, thought you'd be a little bit closer, but J.K. Dobbins, he is a three-down running back. He is a guy that could be a focal point of your offense, and he could be a top 25 pick. He moves past Arnett pretty easily, who's probably going to be an NFL cornerback, but out of day one, I see Dobbins making the bigger impact. And finally, the last matchup of this bracket, Jeffrey Okuda, the cornerback out of Ohio State, takes on KJ Hamler, wide receiver out of Penn State. Look, there's a lot to like about a lot of wide receivers in this draft that I don't want to go with the super small one when there are some monsters that run just as fast. Uh, Okuda... He is a monster for the cornerback position. If you could take a ball of clay and build the corner that you want on your team, it's Jeffrey Okuda. He moves on pretty easily. All right. Now, moving to the right side of the bracket, we have the Iron Frog region. Iron Frogs. You're going to love this one. Okay. Number one seed, Tua Tungavailoa, the quarterback out of Alabama. He takes on... Uh, Prince Tega Wanogo, offensive tackle out of Auburn. There's a lot to like about Prince Tega. He is uh, a little banged up right now. We didn't get to see him in the draft process. Tua, we also didn't get to see in the draft process, but we got to see a lot of him on Saturdays the last few years. You just don't pass up a quarterback with his ability. Uh, If he can come back healthy, he could really make a big run. So he moves on past the 16 seed Wanogo, who... Does develop into a uh, really powerful offensive tackle. Just in a very crowded offensive tackle draft, he's getting pushed down right now. Okay, one of my favorite matchups, the eight versus nine, two wide receivers, Jalen Rager out of TCU versus Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. Guys, you could go with either on this one and be very happy at the end of the first round. Uh, This really came down to just personal preference. I love Brandon Ayuk. He's my guy in this draft at the wide receiver position. A lot of people, uh, you know, were were big on Nikhil Harry, but you know he was the first wide receiver taken and uh, and was a first round pick for the New England Patriots. But Brandon Ayuk, his college teammate. He's the real stud of that wide receiver uh, class. He's got great hands. He has great cutting ability. When you get the ball in his hands, he is a threat to score every time. Rager, a lot to love in his game. Uh, however, this is just personal preference. They have a lot of similarities between the two too. Uh, but Ayuk, he's the guy who moves on to the second round. In a all iron matchup we have Xavier McKinney the five seed safety out of Alabama taking on uh, Trevon Diggs his defensive backfield uh, teammate out of Alabama Diggs he's an NFL corner, but he's not this star player that McKinney can be I think McKinney is going to be a Big-time player at the next level and uh, can really be a game-changer on defense. If you're liking Isaiah Simmons but you can't get him and you still need a safety prospect, McKinney has a lot of the same things you like about Isaiah Simmons. So I think McKinney moves on pretty easily here as the five seed. We got another Bama player. This this draft is loaded with them. What else is new? Henry Ruggs III, wide receiver out of Alabama, Alabama taking on, and I repeat, Noah uh, I don't know how many times I got that wrong. But, uh, cornerback out of Auburn. These two guys matched up in the Iron Bowl. Ruggs, he's John Ross with hands. Guys, there's uh, a lot to love about him. I'm excited for John uh, for John Ross with hands. For Henry Ruggs, he's probably a top 15 picks. Igbenogany... Um, I'm just gonna call him Noah from now on. Noah, the corner from Auburn, uh, still a little bit of a raw prospect. Uh, he profiles into a great size corner, but I, I really do think Rugs uh, is the guy here because there's just too much to like about him. Uh, he will be, you know, kind of on the outlier because people uh, don't pick. Typically John Ross is in the first round after John Ross, but uh, we'll see how he does in the draft itself. I'm predicting top 20 pick. Moving down one more spot, we have the six seed Jeff Gladney, cornerback out of TCU, taking on T. Higgins, wide receiver out of Clemson. Higgins has fallen really far in this draft uh, process uh, because of his pro day numbers. Uh, They did not Did not hold up too well, but if you look at what he can do on the field, and that he is possibly the best Clemson wide receiver to come out of that school, you have to wonder if passing on him is a good idea. I still like T. Higgins in the first round, at the end of the first round, maybe as my fifth or sixth wide receiver. If you want to take that many wide receivers in the first round, go ahead. But you know what? T. Higgins, he just seems like a guy I don't want to pass on. He has great length. Uh, If he can work on his physicality, I see him as a clear number one wide receiver in the NFL. And he moves past Jeff Gladney out of TCU. Okay. In the three versus 14 matchup, you want to talk about a polished wide receiver. How about Jerry Judy out of Alabama? Okay. This guy... He is ready for the NFL. He is the best route runner in, the, in college football, and he has the speed, the hands to back it all up. He's taking on uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back out of LSU, and frankly, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you're a good running back, but there's nothing that beats a burner, fast, speedy route runner like Jerry Judy. Judy moves on pretty easily. The 7-seed Ross Blacklock, defensive tackle out of TCU, taking on 10-seed Lucas Niang, offensive tackle out of TCU. Teammates, trenches, a lot to like about both of these guys. Niang, he's a first-round tackle if he was healthier. Uh, This is a loaded tackle class, and I think he suffers a little bit because of this, like Austin Jackson earlier today and Prince Tega Winogo. Niang, I think he is a starting left tackle if he can iron out a few things in the NFL. Uh, Ross, Ross Blacklock, I really like him. I think he is an interior disruptor, but he doesn't have the same physical abilities that you see in some of these day one defensive tackles like Kinlaw and Derrick Brown. Uh, I see him a hair behind those guys, and for that, he gets upset by Niang, his teammate, and, move, and Niang moves on to the second round. The final, the, f- the final matchup of the Iron Frogs division, we have two more Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Jedrick Wills, tackle out of Alabama, taking on Terrell Lewis, edge out of Alabama. Uh, Wills, you know, he's just got so much power. Is his game perfect and refined? No, but he is just an All-American type offensive lineman he has a lot you like, he's mobile, he is strong like an ox, uh, if he can figure out his hand usage and be put in the right scheme, I think Jedrick Wills has all pro potential, and Terrell Lewis uh, is more of just a situational uh, pass rusher, if not just a uh, kind of like a supplementary pass rusher maybe not your number one edge guy but he would be a good starter along the defensive line but doesn't have the all pro uh, physical potential that Wills has all right moving down to our last last region Isaiah Simmons the one seed taking on Kyle Duggar the 16 seed Uh, we have two hybrid players I love Simmons he is just so good in so many things His ability to just be a magnet to the football uh, in the run game, in the pass game, he is, I mean, he's basically a safety. I would play him at linebacker and just let him be a star defender. Kyle Duggar, uh, he is a Division II guy out of, uh, I think, Leanne Rhimes University. (laughs) There's a lot to like about Kyle Duggar. I think he's super physical, and I think for a Division II prospect, he's probably one of the better ones we've ever seen. Uh, I just don't think he matches up uh, with Isaiah Simmons and Simmons takes him down in the first round. In an 8-9 matchup, we have two more wide receivers. Denzel Mims out of Baylor taking on Lavishka Chenault out of Colorado. This is a really tight one. Chennault, his numbers, they appear to be more running back than they do wide receiver. Uh, When he's got the ball in his hands, he's a good runner, he is hard to take down, and I think he's going to make a really really polarizing NFL prospect, Uh, whereas Mims, he has absolutely launched himself up the board, Uh, I think he has a terrible stigma against him, is that he went to Baylor, and he's a wide receiver, so people think, well, Corey Coleman, Kendall Wright, Josh Gordon, it's unfair to do that to Denzel Mims, and I think people are going to realize he is an athletic freak, and he's able to get away with some arm bars uh, because it just shows he's, he's a kind of a more refined wide receiver than what you typically get out of Baylor. Uh, love Mims in this matchup. He flies by Chenault. In the five twelve, C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of University of Florida, takes on Antoine Win- uh, Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota. This is a tough one for C.J. Henderson, who looks and acts the part of a number one cornerback. But Winfield, he is a star defender, very similar to what you like about McKinney you like about Winfield he probably isn't the same athlete but he's a type of guy that flies all over the field he can lock up with with wide receivers when need be he can be your deep safety he could be your box safety there's too much versatility about Winfield for him to be taken down by CJ Henderson out of Florida Winfield moves on the 12 seed beating another five and then another big upset Jeremy Chin safety out of Southern Illinois taking on Fulton, cornerback out of LSU. Also, just like the previous matchup, Chin, just too much versatility. He's a safety. He looks like a linebacker. He flies to the football. If you put him in the right defense, he is an impact starter right away. Christian Fulton, you like the guy, but with Chin's versatility, he takes down Fulton pretty easily. Chin moves on as the 13 seed. Okay, moving down to the bottom half of the final bracket, the workout warrior division. Iter Grossmatos, edge out of Penn State, is the 6th seed. He takes on Jason Matabuki, the defensive tackle out of Texas A&M, an eleven seed. Uh, Matabuki edges out Grossmatos in this matchup. Again, being able to pass rush from the interior is the difference here. Both guys should be starters right away in the NFL, should be starters for a long time, but Matabuki, where he excels, is the ability to play on the inside. The inside rush is where it's at right now, guys, and Jason Matabuki, he's the guy. Three-seed, Makai Becton out of Louisville, taking on Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. If you know me by now, you know that I am a big Makai Becton fan, uh, he is a monster that shouldn't be able to do the things he can do at that size. Uh, and frankly, Cesar Ruiz, he's a nice, uh, versatile, interior offensive lineman out of Michigan that's going to make somebody happy. Maybe he sneaks into round one, but Beckton, he might be a top five pick when all is said and done. Uh, he has the ability to be everything you want in an offensive tackle. Becton moves on pretty quickly. In the 7-10 matchup, A.J. Epineza, edge out of Iowa, takes on 10 seed Josh Jones, tackle out of Houston. This was a tight matchup. It's almost like nobody wanted to win this. Epineza, who used to be considered as a 3, possibly 4 seed, fell all the way to 7 after a lackluster combine. And Josh Jones, tackle out of Houston, a lot of people thought he would blow up the combine and he really didn't. So, neither guy really went out there to put their best foot forward. However, Josh Jones, in a draft that has so many good left tackles, he's still mentioned as a first-rounder, and I think that's what separates him from A.J. Epineza in this one because Epineza, he's teetering on the first round just like Jones, but Jones, he plays that all-important position of left tackle uh, that edges him out in this matchup. And the final first-round matchup, you have Tristan Wirfs, tackle out of Iowa, taking on Ezra Cleveland, tackle out of Boise. Uh, Ezra Cleveland, he has shot up the ranks recently thanks to a great combine performance. However, if you've seen the combine, you know that Tristan Wirfs was the real star there. He can play all over the line if you want to put him. uh, He's... Played on the right side, but he's flipped over to the left before. A lot of people want to play him on the inside at guard. That's fine if you want to play him there, but this guy can play tackle too. He is going to be a powerful, powerful offensive tackle for a very long time. He is super young. He has all the potential. He is the gift from the NFL gods, offensive line gods. And I'll get into that in a future prospect about how I rank these offensive tackles. But if you look at Tristan Wirfs, you see everything you want in an offensive line prospect. He is mobile. He is powerful. He is perfect for gap schemes. He is perfect for power games. I think he's going to be no further down than the 10th pick at Cleveland. Uh, But I really do see him being gone by then probably Uh, Arizona at eight, or the Chargers at six, maybe even the Giants at four, I wouldn't, I I think the Giants should take him at four, so he moves on past Ezra Cleveland in the first round, and that is it for the first round of the Jake Draft Bracket Challenge, so we'll go over to our other two Jakes, Jake the Skeptic, Uh, what did you see out of the first round that you thought was a kind of a big shocker? Well, you know Justin Jefferson, he is a uh, he is he's a number one wide receiver in the NFL, but he falls to Jalen Hurts. I don't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Jake the Optimist, what do you have to say about that? Well, you know Jalen Hurts, when he puts it all together, he's an NFL franchise quarterback, and if he's on the right team, uh, I don't want to go up against him. So uh, yeah, I understand the reason for having Jalen Hurts uh, that low, but for him to upset the four c Justin Jefferson, that was not a shock to me. Alright, well, moving down, we had another four versus thirteen upset. Uh Caleb on Chason. He got the benefit of the he didn't get the benefit of the doubt that Denzel Mims did of players of, of you know former college programs uh, past haunting them. Uh Caleb on Chason is an edge out of LSU. He falls to Marlon Davidson. Is this because of the stigma against edges? Uh, Arden Key, uh, you know Barkevius Mingo, edges out of LSU. Uh, Optimus Jake, no, 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 I don't think so. Uh, Marlon Davidson is really just that versatile of a defender, and you can plug him all over your defensive line. And I think that's where this really, uh, this really was the big difference. What you saw in the first round was a lot of interior defensive linemen making the big step forward. And uh, left tackles, they were also the big winners of the first round. Whereas cornerbacks, they weren't quite the winners, just like running backs weren't either. So, uh, And tight ends are already out of this tournament. So we shall see going forward. But uh, this seems to be the year of interior defensive tackles at the top, left tackles, wide receivers, and one QB. That's right. Okay, so moving on to the second round. Joe Burrow quarterback lsu taking on justin herbert quarterback out of oregon guys what do we see in this one well herbert was the top quarterback coming out last year decided to come back for his senior year and joe burrow just absolutely blows up the college football year with one of the best college football seasons we have ever seen jake the skeptic what do you think yeah i mean you know there's a lot to like about herbert's game he was the suck for the duck that everyone wanted last year. But again, that was a very uh, interesting quarterback class to begin with. You know, at the time, suck for the duck was before we realized Kyler Murray was an NFL quarterback. And after that, Daniel Jones, you know Dwayne Haskins. There were a lot of questions surrounding the other quarterbacks. So, uh, suck for the duck might have not been the same as suck for luck. It might have not been the same as you know uh, the top quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield, like Lamar Jackson, like Sam Darnold, Sean Watson. This wasn't the same. Uh, I think Herbert puts a really good foot forward. Uh, however, Burrow, he's just too hot right now. Yeah, I got Burrow moving on. The Sweet 16. uh, Burrow, you know, from a really, uh, there's just a lot to like about his game. A lot of people are saying Joe Montana, Tom Brady, I see a lot of Tony Romo. A lot of NFL prospects, uh, or not a lot of NFL prospects, I should say, compare that favorably to pro style quarterbacks at this stage in their game. Herbert, he's going to make some team really happy. However, Burrow is just the cream of the crop at this point. So he moves on to the Sweet 16. In the next matchup, we have Jalen Hurts, quarterback out of Alabama, taking on Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Michigan. Guys, Hurts took down Justin Jefferson, a wide receiver in the first round. Why is Donovan Peoples-Jones going to put up a better matchup? Well, to be honest, Donovan Peoples-Jones does put up a really good matchup here. He's an NFL-sized wide receiver who just had the benefit of really not having any good quarterback play so he is really underrated right now he split so many targets with other wide receivers at Michigan too he surprisingly takes down Jalen Hurts doing what Justin Jefferson couldn't do uh Peoples Jones he profiles as an NFL wide receiver of number one Hurts there's still a lot he needs to work on to make it to the NFL he is not a starter right away And I think that's what keeps him out of the Sweet 16. Peoples-Jones, 12 seed in the Sweet 16. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, that's not over just yet. We have Jalen Hurts making a last-second push. He is a quarterback to be reckoned with. The Alabama Jalen Hurts fell, but the Oklahoma Jalen Hurts, he is coming on strong. Oklahoma Jalen Hurts taking down Donovan Peoples-Jones in the overtime wow I did not see this coming guys you know Jalen Hurts out of Alabama he had a lot to work on but the Oklahoma one he learned a lot from Lincoln Riley and what Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield showed us Jalen Hurts is showing us now as well that you cannot quit on this guy and he does make it to the sweet 16 he'll take on Joe Burrow in the sweet 16 can't wait for that matchup all right Moving over, we have Grant Delpit, safety out of LSU, taking on Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Guys, Derek Brown with another slaughter victory. Oh, yeah, this is a bad one. Uh, Grant Delpit, he's a nice safety. For some reason, he had a very down year. He has some inconsistent tackling. He has not got the range that you would hope from a first-round safety, probably dropping him into the second round. Derek Brown though he is an interior menace disruptor everywhere he moves on he is easily one of the top threats in this draft okay so Brown moves on to the sweet 16 and the last matchup of the pro style region C.D. Lamb taking on 10 seed Austin Jackson guys what do you see well, Austin Jackson is a nice tackle. Uh, he is not as polished as you would want in a left tackle to start day one. However, C.D. Lamb, he is everything you want in a number one wide receiver. He is going to have the explosiveness, the hands, the leaping ability, the track star mentality. He is everything you want in a number one wide receiver. I think he goes top 12. I'd be surprised if the Jets pass on him, uh, if the Raiders pass on him, but you know what? Possibly Arizona taking him at eight could be the best situation for him. Uh, he takes down Austin Jackson fairly easily, and he'll have a fun matchup with Derek Brown in the Sweet 16. All right, moving on to the Buckeye region. Chase Young, edge out of Ohio State, taking on Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma. Guys, Young just rolls by uh, Murray in this matchup. Yeah, well, Again, like we said, Murray, uh, at Oklahoma wasn't part of a very good defense, whereas Young was part of one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, they doubled and triple teamed Chase Young. There's no stopping this guy. Uh, Kenneth Murray, a lot to like about a linebacker, but he was part of a pretty bad defense, and they had to cover up his deficiencies by, uh, you know, forcing him to, you know, in and out of different situations. Whereas, you know, he's a nice zone linebacker. He's okay in the man. Uh, and, and he flies to the football, but he's made some wrong decisions, uh, on the football field. So, uh, we see young move on pretty easily here past Kenneth Murray. Okay. And then we had Javon Kinlaw take on Marlon Davidson to sec interior defensive lineman. Uh, Kinlaw moved on past Davidson pretty easily again. Yeah. Kinlaw. He has a lot of the same things you like about Derek Brown. Uh, he might possibly be the same threat Derek Brown is in this tournament. Kinlaw being able to just get through the center guard, center or or guard center guard interior pass rush. That's where it's at right now in the NFL, and that's why Kinlaw makes it to the Sweet 16 over Marlon Davidson. Uh, Davidson's versatility really did give Kinlaw a nice push here but Kinlaw's consistency uh, especially on a bad football team uh, his consistency that's what really pushed him through here all right moving down into the lower half of the Buckeye bracket DeAndre Swift UGA taking on his teammate Andrew Thomas also UGA Guys, Swift is a good running back here, but Andrew Thomas, he is as polished as they come. This three seed, he moves on very easily past the running back. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this is a great left tackle draft. Uh, Thomas might be the best one. He's got the highest floor. He still has a pretty high ceiling as well. I don't see him falling very far. Uh, If he's in the teens, that would be a steal. Swift, I don't see him going that high in the first round. He is a Swiss Army Knife. But when it comes to need, positional need, that left tackle position is too good. All right, guys. And in the final matchup, we have Jeffrey Okuda, cornerback out of Ohio State, taking on his running back teammate, J.K. Dobbins, uh, running back out of Ohio State. Guys, what did you see here? Well, yeah, Dobbins is great. But at the same time, running back is a very replaceable position. And uh, we saw that in DeAndre Swift falling to an offensive lineman. Jeffrey Okuda, he's built differently. He is a cornerback that you wish you could have on any team. Uh, the Detroit Lions traded away Darius Slay, probably planning on taking Jeffrey Okuda at number three. Or if they move slightly down, maybe to the five-six. if one, someone wants to move up for a quarterback. So Okuda moves on pretty easily past Dobbins in this matchup. All right, moving over to the right side of the bracket, Tua taking on Brandon Ayuk in the in the in the second round. What did we see? Well, Tua Tungo-Vailoa, like we've always said, if he's healthy, he's one of the top prospects in this draft. Brandon Ayuk, again, this wide receiver draft. There are a lot of wide receivers you can fall in love with. Uh, Ayuk doesn't have the number one wide receiver size you would hope for. Uh, he does have that wide receiver speed you hope for. But Tua Tunga-Vailoa, he just plays too important of a position. We'll see if this injury comes to bite him in the Sweet 16. But uh, for now, it does get him there. All right. So, five-seed Xavier McKinney taking on his Alabama teammate. Thir- uh, four-seed Henry Ruggs the third Guys, Uh, This is a great matchup. Yeah, well, you got to see them go up against each other in practice where Xavier McKinney wasn't always covering him, but they did face off a lot in that defensive backfield. Um, Ruggs, he's a burner at the wide receiver position. Uh, The John Ross comparisons to him are fair. Uh, However, he was the benefit of the fact that there were so many good wide receivers on the field at once. Whereas Xavier McKinney, he was kind of the captain in that defensive backfield. He was calling out uh, exactly what to do on every play. He just flew to the ball, and he is going to be an impact guy no matter what at the NFL level. Whereas Ruggs, I still do have my questions. So Xavier McKinney edges out Henry Ruggs the third, and McKinney moves on to the Sweet 16. All right. So then T. Higgins, the 11 seed, taking on 3 seed Jerry Judy. Guys, does Higgins have enough to make another big upset? No, no, Judy is too polished of a receiver at this point. Uh, A lot to like about Higgins' game, but let's just look at the numbers. It's a tale of the tape at this point. Uh if you want to put the two wide receivers up next to each other, they both have production, they both have good speed. Uh Judy's route running is so much better than Higgins, and then his combine numbers are better than Higgins's draft or uh, um pro day numbers. Yeah, uh as a skeptic, Jake the skeptic, uh what do you what do you think? Yeah, Higgins uh his numbers just not lining up right now. Uh 11 seed was fair for him. He cannot take down the 3 seed that is Jerry Judy. Okay, moving on down to the final matchup of the Iron Frog Division, we had two tackles square off. Jedrick Wills, tackle out of Alabama, taking on Lucas Niang, tackle out of TCU. Guys, was there an upset in the brewing here? Surprisingly, yes, there was. Lucas Niang, the 10 seed. A lot of people didn't see him much this year. They thought, you know, TCU wasn't worth watching. Whereas Jedrick Wills was on screen all the time. He was the second best offensive tackle on that offensive line, but he's the only one that's going pro this year. Uh, in a year where there's so many offensive tackles, Niang is getting overshadowed because of Will's great combine numbers, but he is a more refined offensive tackle at this point. Wills has a lot of learning to do. Still with his hands, he, he blocks with his shoulder way too often. He's getting exposed in, in his chest. So This came down to really, would you rather have a refined uh, prospect or a guy with loads of potential? And the refined prospect takes down Wills, and we have Niang, the first huge upset, first of the top 1-2 seeds to go down. Wills goes down to Niang. All right, last matchup, last bracket, I should say. Uh, We're going down to the second round. Isaiah Simmons taking on Denzel Mims. Uh, guys does Denzel Mims have what it takes to take down Isaiah Simmons you know Denzel Mims he's a number one wide receiver in the NFL we truly believe that Uh, but at the same time Isaiah Simmons he is a star defender Uh, he's not just a linebacker that does it all he is a defender that does it all you can play him in the defensive backfield that's how valuable this guy is And really, we could be seeing the future defensive player of the year. So he moves on past Mims into the Sweet 16. All right, then we had a double digit matchup here. Antoine Winfield takes on Jeremy Chin, safety out of Southern Illinois. Winfield moves on pretty easily here. Uh, His versatility. Being able to cover uh, wide receivers better than Chin at this point. Chin could step up and be a linebacker, uh, but again, Winfield just can play all over the defensive backfield, and he does have that pro uh, player father as you know it, it, edge that helps him in this tight matchup. Winfield moves on to the Sweet 16 past Chin. And also, it does help the Big Ten versus Southern Illinois uh, that ended up coming into play here. All right, so uh, final two matchups. We have Makai Becton, tackle out of Louisville, taking on Jason Matabuki out of Texas A&M. Guys, does Beckton get upset? No, no. Beckton is too big. He's too strong. He's too powerful. Matabuki, I really like him as a starting offensive or defensive tackle, but Beckton really is uh, a superman in a in in an offensive lineman's body. Yeah, Beckton moves on. And then the final matchup, we had Tristan Wirfs take on uh Josh Jones, two first round offensive tackles. But Werfs, again, like Beckton, he is just too much to take down. These guys, Beckton, Werfs, will square off in the Sweet 16. Yeah, Wirfs' versatility helps, but really his just uh his potential is just too much to pass up on at this point. So, uh, Wirfs moves on pretty easily there. All right. In the sweet 16, we go, this is, this is where the fun starts guys. This is really fun. All right, guys, in the sweet 16, we had Joe Burrow quarterback out of LSU take on Jalen Hurts, quarterback out of Alabama, Oklahoma feel like we've seen this matchup before. That's right. This was the college football semifinal this past season. Joe Burrow's LSU kicked the crap out of Oklahoma, and Joe Burrow does the same here. Uh, It was one of his best games, his most impressive performances, uh, and that's saying a lot because Burrow had one of the best seasons we'll ever see out of a quarterback. Uh, Hurts, a lot to like. He is a fighter. He fought to get to the Sweet 16, but he is not fighting past Joe Burrow. Burrow moves easily on to the Elite Eight, and he has yet to get really a close matchup at all. Yeah, so moving down to the other matchup of this Elite Eight, of this Sweet 16, to see who makes the Elite Eight. Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn, takes on C.D. Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Guys, what did we like in this matchup? Well, C.D. Lamb is a number one wide receiver. He fits the bill right now. Size, speed, route running. Hands, breakaway ability. He has what you want, but there is something about having an inside edge uh that Derek Brown has. Pass rush from the interior. It's just too valuable in today's NFL. You can find wide receivers, you can't find Derek Brown's. And he, I mean, you know, and, and not to shortchange CD Lamb. You can't find a lot of CD Lambs, but you really just get the rare opportunities like Derek Brown. And uh, he moves on as the 3C, Derek Brown upsetting, slight upset over C.D. Lamb because Brown really does have great hands, great power, pretty good speed. He, he can run all over the place as a defensive tackle, and you can line him up everywhere. Uh, if you get the consistent effort on every play, you are getting one of the most valuable players in this draft. So Derek Brown moves on to the Elite 8. Okay, then in the Buckeye region, Chase Young is taking on uh, Javon Kinlaw, another one where it is edge defender versus interior defender. Uh, guys, does Kinlaw follow the footsteps of Derek Brown and upset a, a higher seed? No. It In it, it, short terms, Chase Young is just that elite. He has length. He has power. He has speed. He is, guys, it's not Too much to say. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, the Bosa's, uh, he's Khalil Mack. He's right up there with one of the best pass rushers we've seen come out of college football in the last 10 years, probably more. Uh, You can't pass up on guys like Chase Young. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, really good defensive tackle, going to make someone really happy. However, he's not Chase Young. Even though he plays, even even though he pass rushes from a tougher position to fill out, Chase Young is just that much more valuable. All right, and then facing him in the Elite Eight, we had a matchup of Jeffrey Okuda and Andrew Thomas. Thomas, the three seed, Okuda, the two seed. How did this one go? Well, again, Andrew Thomas, he was one of the best tackles in this draft. Uh, He is on the ground a little bit more than you would like to see. But uh, again, just a really good offensive lineman. He fits most schemes. He is powerful. He's got great technique. Uh, He is in a draft with a lot of good offensive tackles, uh, and which might actually hurt him a little bit here because Jeffrey Okuda is by far the best DB in this class. He is an actual mirror. He is your shadow. There's nowhere you can run from him. He doesn't get penalized. He doesn't get flagged. He he keeps his composure. He matches up with top receivers and he gives it his all. He's quite possibly the next best defender after Chase Young, and he will face Chase Young in the Elite Eight of the Buckeye region. All right, moving over to the Iron Frogs. Tua Tungo Vailoa takes on Xavier McKinney, two Alabama players. Xavier McKinney, he is that star defender that you love to see. Tua Tungo Vailoa he is a little banged up right now and people are got to be worried about that hip because if he doesn't have that mobility how far can he go uh how far d- does he have what it takes to be like a franchise qu- changing quarterback uh i love Tua Tungo-Vailoa. i like Xavier McKinney so Tua just edges out Xavier a little bit because safeties they kind of grow on trees whereas franchise quarterbacks do not Vilo, it moves on to the lead eight and in the bottom half of that division we had jerry judy wide receiver out of alabama he took on the big upset lucas niang out of tcu uh judy moved on pretty easily here didn't he, guys yeah i mean jerry judy he's just so polished he's an nfl player and even though there are tons of wide receivers coming out of this draft, he's just that clean. And he is going to be clearly a number one wide receiver in the NFL. Lucas Niang, he had a big upset over Jedrick Wills to get to this point. But again, the injury concerns keep you a little bit held back. And Judy moves on to the Elite Eight. All right, and the final division, Isaiah Simmons took on Antoine Winfield. Uh, this was a bit of a bloodbath, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, Winfield was great to get here. But when it comes to you, just the size and the sheer strength and speed of Isaiah Simmons, no other defender has that in this draft. So he takes down Winfield pretty easily. Who he's Winfield's a good defender, but he's still probably a day two guy. Uh, I don't see him sneaking into day one at all. Whereas Simmons, if he makes it to 10, that would be a drop. And, uh, you know, Simmons can probably play the safety position just as good as Antoine Winfield can. If not better, he also can play linebacker where he'll probably be an all-pro defender. Okay, and then in the final uh, matchup of this Sweet 16, we had Makai Becton take on Tristan Wirfs. This is my favorite matchup of the round. Guys, let's break it down. Okay, well, where Becton has Wirfs, is his it's just that big guys like him don't often exist and the ones that do usually are too slow to exist but beckton ran a 511 40 and that is just that that's just insane he is literally he is literally superman you know like an alien that came down to our planet from a football planet that knows football better than we do right like you look at him you look at Bicton, you can't understand um, how he moves the the way that he does and how he can be so big. Uh, His one kryptonite is probably that the NFL game, there's a lot more passing sets than he had at Louisville. Uh, We'll see how he does with that lateral mobility. Again, it looks great on film, but we haven't seen it as much as we would like to. Okay, With Tristan Wirfs, We said it before, he's a gift from the O-line gods. He's strong as hell, he's fast, he's got great technique. Did I mention he is strong? He can play anywhere, right, left, guard, tackle, he can fit any scheme, and he's still really young. The potential is unimaginable, and he is an instant starter at four different positions on your offensive line. This was my favorite matchup of the entire tournament. Becton versus Wurfs, you can't go wrong with either of them. The one thing that is the difference maker is we haven't seen Becton run as many pro-style pass sets as you would like. And you wonder, okay, are we just seeing the best of a small sample size? Uh, whereas Werfs, you've kind of seen it, uh, and, and Iowa has that great reputation of tackles. Wurfs edges out Becton to make it to the Elite Eight all right so in the elite eight we have Joe Burrow quarterback LSU taking on Derek Brown defensive tackle out of Auburn guys how does this go you know I love Joe Burrow he is he came on this year as one of you know just a handful of quarterbacks that look to have you know draft grades. Uh, A lot of people had him as a day three guy. No one really had him as a day two guy. And then he went on to have the best season really in college football history. Uh, His mobility is pretty good. Good for the NFL level. His uh, ball is beautiful. He throws a perfect ball. Uh, He moves well in the pocket. He has a little bit of that, like, you know, Back backyard you know recess magic that you like to have uh he leads receivers perfectly he reads defenses so well he's not just a one trick pony uh where he's a sample of the offense uh I know this is a new offense that people hadn't seen before at the college level but it is really an NFL offense that he showed that he mastered so uh Burrow he is really just everything you want in a quarterback at the NFL level, uh the comparisons to Tom Brady and Tony Romo are perfect. Uh let's just take out their NFL success, you know, their team success, and they that is a perfect matchup. Uh, we shall see how Burrow does translating to the NFL game, but I think he's got the NFL game already in him. I don't see him ever sitting. Uh, I think he's a day one starter and at the quarterback position, it's the most important position in sports. He moves on past Derek Brown and Derek Brown. That's that that's no slant to him. He is a great player in his own. He's a three seed for a reason though, and not a two seed or a one seed. Because you didn't see it on every down. And while he is just an incredible pass rusher from that position and he's a he's a run stuffer. He's got great hands. Uh, you know, there's just something about a defensive tackle versus a quarterback. And the quarterback is always gonna win that matchup if he has no flaws in his game. So uh Joe Burrow, quarterback, he moves on. He's the first entrance into our final four. Okay, then moving down to the Buckeye region. Chase Young takes on Jeffrey Okuda. Uh, there's so much to like about Jeffrey Okuda. He is a literal mirror at, at the college level. He was tested against the best wide receivers and shut them all down. In the matchup of against Clemson, he was great. Uh, and and he is constantly just everything you want in the NFL. He's built well. He runs well. He's strong. Uh, There's not many times you take cornerbacks in the first round and expect them to deliver right away. But with him, you really do. He's got everything you want. And in a passing league, you want guys that defend the pass. Um, the, The only thing that's holding him back from making the Final Four is that Chase Young is is that guy he is that guy he if you if you build an uh, an nfl team you think of quarterback and you think of edge rusher right winning football games is about the quarterback and it's about getting to their quarterback and then it's about protecting your quarterback and then it's defending the pass after that but really it's those first three your quarterback getting to their quarterback protecting your quarterback and chase young he gets to the quarterback better than anyone. To stop him, it needs to be a double team. There is no one on one blocker that can really have him. You need to scheme against him. You need to defend like the Dickens out of him. And even triple teams really don't get the job all the way done sometimes, as you've seen in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, Chase Young plays the second most important position in the sport, he plays it to a T. And that's really the only difference between him and Jeffrey Okuda is positional value Uh, because you can't you can run away from Jeffrey Okuda. You can't run away from Chase Young. So Chase Young, he's our second one seed to make it to the final four. He'll take on Joe Burrow to see who makes it to the championship. Okay, and then in our other Elite Eight matchup, we have Tua Tungo-Vailoa, the one seed, taking on the three seed Jerry Judy. How did this one go down? You know, Tungo Viloa. The one thing against him right now is that he is banged up, and we don't get to see him with his mobility after the injury. Uh, you know, the, everything we like about his game, he still has a lot that we want to see him translate. He's not like Joe Burrow, where his game is already pro ready. You know, because we haven't seen those Alabama quarterbacks be pro ready just yet. So I'd like to see him kind of in a pro offense. Uh, He does have a great zip on the ball. He's super mobile, but that injury might hold him back in this matchup versus Jerry Judy. Uh, Yeah, I do think it does hold him back against uh, Jerry Judy in the matchup because Jerry Judy is a polished route runner. He's got very good speed and he's just everything you want in a wide receiver when the ball is in his hands. He doesn't drop passes. He catches with his hands. He's got great eyes for the position and he knows how to find his zones. So when you're looking for him, he always knows where to go to get open. And I think that's just the most important trait for wide receivers is, you know, can you catch the ball no matter what? And he can. And can you get open so that the the quarterback can hit you? And Jerry Judy gets open better than anybody. Um, In a shocker, he takes down Tua Tungo-Vailoa. And as the three seed, Jerry Judy makes the final four. And in the final Elite Eight matchup, we have Isaiah Simmons taking on Tristan Wirfs. Um, This comes down to how do you value linebackers? Uh, Isaiah Simmons... He was the benefit of a couple favorable matchups to get to this point, um, but with Tristan Wirfs, Wirfs is just an absolute beast for the offensive tackle position, and he's got so much potential, He is dripping with potential. Same with Simmons for the defensive side of the ball. Uh, where do you play Simmons? That's a you problem if you don't know how to answer that because you can't blame the kid because he can do so many things. You blame the defensive coordinator for saying, I didn't know how to maximize it. He's a good pass rusher. He's not a natural pass rusher. He is a good defensive back, but he's definitely not a natural defensive back. He belongs at the linebacker's position, chasing around running backs and tight ends where they won't be able to get open against him. And then when you play teams like the Ravens that key in on the run. He is the difference between Lamar Jackson killing you and Lamar Jackson having to throw and killing his own team. And I really do believe that about Isaiah Simmons. So if you think you need a guy that ha- that can change the, the other team's offense, Isaiah Simmons, he is your guy. However, there is something to be said about the NFL game today. It is about the quarterback and And it is about getting to the quarterback and protecting the quarterback. We just said that with Chase Young and Joe Burrow. And Isaiah Simmons, he doesn't get to the quarterback quite as much as you'd like to see. Maybe you can if you unleashed him as a pass rusher. But that has not been his game up until this point. Tristan Wirfs, he is the Greek god of offensive linemen. He is everything you want. And he is super young. That is the difference in this matchup is that... He just plays the position of left tackle. Uh, he's, he's a right tackle, but he can flip over to the left tackle just as easy. He can play inside. You don't have an offensive lineman with this much versatility and potential. And in the game of the NFL, where you just need your offensive lineman on every play, do, you know if you want to have an offense, Tristan Wirfs, he edges out Isaiah Simmons in this matchup, and Wirfs goes on to the Final Four. So in the Final Four, our our last two matchups before the championship, Joe Burrow takes on Chase Young, and Tristan Wirfs takes on Jerry Judy. Um, guys, what did we see here out of the matchups? Let's start with let's start with Wirfs versus Judy. Uh, Judy is playing a position wide receiver that doesn't impact the game quite as much. As offensive tackle does and that's really the big difference here is as good as his he is as a as a route runner and as clean as his game is and as ready for the NFL as he is Tristan Wirfs is just a special offensive tackle talent and you don't get a lot of those you have a couple of them in this draft but that is extremely rare people are really basically underestimating and underappreciating how good this offensive tackle class is and Werfs because of that gets to the championship game. Jerry Judy is going to be a fine NFL receiver for a really long time, but Werfs is a special talent at offensive tackle. All right. And then in the matchup, everybody wanted to see it's the edge rusher Chase Young versus the quarterback Joe Burrow guys. What? Is a, what This is two undefeated titans going at each other. What's the difference in Burrow versus Young? The big difference here for me is that Burrow, he's a quarterback that really only had one year of, of pro productivity. So we're splitting hairs here, right? Because we like everything about Joe Burrow's game. But if we have to split hairs because we're comparing now him to an edge rusher is we want to look at. How productive was he? Well, he had the most productive season in college football history. That's true. How did he do the year before? Well, he he had some turnovers. A lot. He had more turnovers then, um, and it just didn't have the grasp of the offense that he did this past season. So it makes you wonder: Was he a product of an offensive system? And you know, and and it's a fair question when we're splitting this many hairs. You know, Joe Burrow. He is a just an incredible talent, and he's got so much you know just to love about him. But again, let's try to remember where we were a year ago with him, and try to think you know it does that affect at all. Now he can get better. He is a little bit older. He was passed up on a couple times at Ohio State. He was the fourth or fifth quarterback at times, and he lost out to Dwayne Haskins, which isn't saying a whole lot because Dwayne Haskins was a first round quarterback, but. Joe Burrow wasn't the guy, and he came back for another year, and it proved to be a great decision because he's going to be probably the number one overall pick, but is he the best player? That comes down to what Chase Young has to offer, and frankly, in Chase Young's worst games, teams still needed to scheme against him, and you know, he didn't always put up the big sack numbers in each game where he double dipped in sometimes and really, you know, just, you know, rose those numbers up by having big games against other players. Um, the, you know, the edge defender position, it's not about stats. It's more about how teams appreciate you and play against you. And the fact is every single team schemed differently for, you know, from Chase Young to their regular games you know, it was almost like playing Chase Young was playing a different sport. And, uh, and that's what edges out Chase Young and gets him to the championship over Joe Burrow. Two former Buckeyes, uh, Joe Burrow, he had a great run. He is the number one draft pick in this draft, but he is not the winner of the Jake Brackett, uh, draft bracket challenge. Uh, Chase Young moves on to the championship. Uh, basically because he was able to produce since you know uh ever since stepping onto the field whereas Joe Burrow he really uh, took a little bit more time uh young a little bit younger as well helps him uh it's not a difference maker the difference maker really is the scheme versatility and that Chase Young just he comes in and he is going to be exactly what you expect whereas Joe Burrow you do have questions uh not many But you might have a question about, is he a product of the team he was playing for? And then on the other side, Tristan Wirfs, uh, he beat Jerry Judy to make it to the finals. Uh, He takes on Chase Young. But again, everything we said about Chase Young still remains the same. Tristan Wirfs is a Greek god of football, of offensive linemen. He is what every offensive line coach should dream to have. Uh, and Chase Young is the same at defensive line. However, in this draft, there are still questions if Tristan uh, Wirfs is the best offensive offensive tackle. You know because Makai Becton and him are neck and neck right now, and people still, even though I had him fall in the second round, Jedrick Wills he might be the first offensive tackle taken in this draft, and Andrew Thomas he might be the most polished offensive tackle, whereas Chase Young is heading. Heels above every every defensive prospect. He is being mentioned with the likes of Miles Garrett. And I think that's really his best uh pro comparison at this point is Joey Bosa or Miles Garrett. Uh his relentless persistence to get to the quarterback, his size is unbelievable. Uh, And and as unbelievable as Tristan Wirfs' size is, Chase Young's is even that much more unbelievable. So in a battle of what is near perfect prospects, Young takes down Wirfs for the championship. Chase Young wins the Jake NFL Draft Bracket Challenge. Uh, It was a great challenge. It is everything you want to see in a draft bracket madness. Uh, I loved it. I hope you guys did too. I want to see what you guys think. Uh, comment below on this, where whether it's on SoundCloud or Facebook or iTunes or Twitter. Comment what you think, what you would want to see. Who did I have rated too highly? Who did I have rated too low? Where did wh- which matchups did you not like? Which matchups did you like? Who what would you do? And then tell me what you would think going into this draft challenge. Thank you all for listening for another Jake Podcast. My voice is beat. I just talked for 80 80, 80 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Guys, thank you very much. Talk to you later.